Over the last several weeks, we've been talking and speaking about the love of God and how that in the New Testament, we have one command from the Lord, and that is what? That is the command to love one another as... Is that not important, that last part of it, as Jesus loves us? See, your definition of loving one another might be different, right? Than my definition of loving one another. So the Lord didn't say, love one another... And end it, because then that would have been up to us to decide, well, what's the gauge? What's the level? But he set an amazing standard that we're all still working on. And what did he say? I want you to love one another as Jesus loves you. Well, that's a game changer. That changes everything. And what we have to do is we got to look at the Word of God and find out how did Jesus love us? How did he love us? How did he project that love? What, what did he do? Well, we know that he went, to great, he went to the greatest level he could possibly do to love on us, and that is give his life for us, gave everything up for us. And so we know that love has no limits because of what Jesus did. Love has no limits. It doesn't say, well, I'll love you until you cross that line, you know. There is no limit with the love of God. We've looked at various things like that. I want to make a statement considering what we've mentioned the last couple of weeks, what we've talked about, and that is this, that the Christian who does not focus their life on walking in the love of God, learning about the love of God, growing in the love of God, will never be satisfied in life. Never. Let me say that again. The Christian who does not on purpose focus their life on walking in the love of God, living the love of God, and growing in the love of God will never be satisfied in life. Never. There will always be something missing in the Christian's life who doesn't do that. Why is that? Because love is part of our spiritual DNA. It is part of who we are. Remember, God is love. It's not that God just loves. He is love, and we are what? His children. That our spirits have been made new, and the Holy Spirit now lives in my spirit. I'm one with Him, and He's one with me. That means if God is love, what does that make me? A child of love. The love of God is in me. And my life, if God is focused on love, if He is love and that's what He does, then that ought to be our focus. And remember where we read 1 Corinthians 14.1 in the Amplified where it talked about what? Eagerly pursue this love. Make it your great quest. You aim everything. Focus on it. It is the most important thing in your life. Now, from a natural standpoint, how many would agree that if you walk in the love of God, it'll improve your marriage? How many would agree? How many would agree that you walk in love, it will improve every single area of your life? There's nothing that wouldn't get better. Everything. Everything gets better. Think about it. Again, I've mentioned this over and over and over, but sometimes you guys just, you're not, I can tell you're not, getting it completely love never fails say it with me love never fails it never fails it never fails it never fades away it never goes away it's always going to be there for eternity 
Love. Everybody say love. And so God's love needs to be central in our life. It's, it's what our life is about. Because love is what's, what needs to be motivating us. Our actions, how we handle everything in life, our thought life, our relationships, our finances, everything that we do should be motivated by the love of God. And if it is, it'll be successful. How do you know that, Pastor? Well, how many would agree God is successful? (laughs) He is the master of success. I mean, he is super successful, and I'm his child. Amen? Are you his child? So you're what? Successful. So I'm a winner. Have you guys ever seen God lose? Think about it for a minute now. I'm his child. So you need to start thinking like his child. Start thinking like, well, wait a minute now. God is love. That means I'm love. I'm full of love. The Bible says in Romans 5, 5 that the Holy Spirit is overflowing in my spirit. The love of God is overflowing. What you need to do is tap into it. You need to exercise it. You need to focus it. You need to talk it. You need to think it and live it in life. And you will find out, wow, I feel a lot closer to the Lord. Why? Because he's love. Remember I said, if you want to grow in the things of God, what are you going to do? Grow in love. Because, again, God is love. Amen? And so we're going to look at this a little bit more, but from a different point of view this morning. All right? Now I'm going to ask you a question. All right? I want everybody to pay attention. I'm going to ask you a question. Do not raise your hand. All right? Just ask yourself on the inside. Okay? Ready? I'm going to ask you a question answer on the inside all right i want you to think about how much do you love god in other words do you really love god now again you're thinking about it now i want to interject something and what i mean is would you say that your life is living proof of your love for god now again Don't be thinking about someone else. I know someone who needs that message. No, first of all, that means you need it. Because we're talking about loving you, not them. All right. And so, again, ask yourself, how much do I love God? Do I really love God? And is my life living proof that I love God? Now, let's look at what Jesus' definition, what God's definition of us loving Him looks like. Because sometimes I think we have some misunderstandings because to be honest with you, love down here is a little bit of a mess, right? I mean, it's a little bit warped. If we were so solid in the love of God, how many would agree that the church wouldn't have the same divorce rate as the world? How many would agree? Now, that, this is no condemnation on anybody because you didn't know what you didn't know. Everybody say the past is the past. Let's say it better this way. The past is history. All right? Yesterday, gone. All right? So we're talking about now, moving forward. All right? So we're going to ask, we're going to answer the question from the Word of God what is God's view? What is His thoughts on us loving Him? All right? Look with me, John 14, 15. I would recommend the screen because we're going to use the Amplified Bible. Because it does just that, amplifies it. Jesus said this, If you really love me, 
If you really love me, you will keep, or he says, obey my commands. If you really love me, you will keep or obey my commands. Now, his commands are what? His word, right? Sometimes we can get lost when we hear the word law, like we read in Old Testament, how I love your law, or commands, and we think the Ten Commandments. We think the law. We're talking about what Jesus said, okay? His words, okay, or God's words are his commands. And so, if you really love me, notice that, I love that. If you really love me, you will obey my word. If you really love me. Now, let's look a little bit further in this, okay? John 14, let's go down to verse 21. Still on the same subject. Again, we're asking the question or looking at, How does God look at us loving Him? John 14, verse 21. The person, this is Jesus speaking, the person who has my commands or my word or my words and keeps them is the one who really loves me. And whoever really loves me will be loved by my Father. And I too will love him and will show him, reveal, manifest myself to him. Jesus said, if you really love me, he said, you will obey my words. If you really love me. Then I started thinking about that. (laughs) Really loving him. Because isn't that something, you know, that almost seems silly, like childish to say that. If you really love me, you know. But what it's doing is it's helping us think about it and zoom in on it, not be surface about it. If you really love me, you would obey my word. Then I started thinking about that word, really love me. And then I started gauging it. And what I mean is, are there some that claim to love Jesus, but don't really love him? And you know what I see there is I see kind of two different levels. Two different levels here. And what I mean is, there are some that surface love him, Well, I love him because I should, and that's what's right. And then there's some who really love him. And there's a whole different level there that are passionate. See, you need to understand that we love God because what? Well, we're part of the family of God, right? You have a relationship with the Father. All of us have the same relationship. We're on equal standing there. I have three children, okay? And... All of them are on equal standing with me as far as I am their father and they are my children. All right, We are related. I love them and they love me. But when you get into the really love me part, it's almost like you get into a whole nother level when it comes to fellowship, when it comes to connection. How many of you know you can be related to someone? I Really, please work with me on this. You can be related to someone and love them but not really be connected to them. Think about it. I have three children, and believe it or not, there are some out of the three that I'm more connected to, or it seems like I'm more connected to than I am others. Do you see that? And all of you can understand what I'm saying. You, you gotta, there's more of a connection. There's one that really seems to you know, maybe go 
more than the others. You know, it shows or expresses that love more than the others. Honors what I say more than the others. And there seems to be something different. Now, let me ask you a question. How many believe I love all my children? Would you believe that I love all my children and I would do whatever is necessary to help them? But the one that is the most connected, that stands out, wouldn't I want to go above and beyond? Wouldn't I, I'm pulled to want to give that one more. I'm pulled to want to, to develop that more because they're walking towards me and I want to walk towards them. See, all my children have equal opportunity. They can have as much as me they want or as little as they want. God's like that in the local church. I want you to listen closely. You can have as much of God as you want and pursue and press into the things of God and get involved and and really do something. Or you can just stand there and say, I'm satisfied to just kind of be there, you know, when I need to. And and I I know I'm part of things. And is there a difference there? Now, is one going to be a lot closer to me as pastor than the one who's just kind of on the sidelines, kind of, you know, I'm fine. Would we all agree there? Some are going to be close. Now, does everybody have the same opportunity? But not everybody presses in. That's what Jesus is saying partly here. Now, we're going to see something beautiful about what Jesus is saying. In other words, he loves us all. And he wants to reveal himself to all, but the reality is he's forced partly by what we do, our actions, right? Our actions have an impact. How am, I, how am I pressing in? How am I showing him? Is my life revealing to him, I really, really love him? I really do, all right? Now, how many of you really love the Lord? Don't raise your hand. Because let's, let's look at it a little closer. So let's start back there. John 14, verse 21. Let's start at the top. Verse 21. The person who has my commands and keeps them is the one who really loves me. And whoever really loves me will be loved by my Father. And I too will love him and will show and reveal, manifest myself to him. Now look at this part. I will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real to him. Real to him. Now take it all away real quick again. Real. Everybody say real. real. Don't raise your hand. But I want you to ask on the inside of you, how real is God to me? In my connection and my fellowship with him. See, Jesus is saying it's more on us than it is on him. Remember? If we draw near to him, what does he do? So who's the one standing there waiting? Who's the one that doesn't change? The same yesterday, today, and forever, with arms open wide. But see, how close we are to him is on us, not on him. You come draw near to him, he'll wrap his arms so fast around you, you won't know what hit you. But the problem is, sometimes we're satisfied knowing a few things about him, and I know I'm going to heaven, and I, I tithe, I give my, you know, and I do my thing here and there, but you know, I don't want to get too fanatical about this thing. I don't want to get too crazy about it. And so we kind of do this number, and we wonder sometimes why God seems so real 
to the person next to us. So real. He talks about how God talks to him and he talks and back and forth. And the other Christian says, they never say it out loud because after all, no one wants to appear like their relationship with the Lord isn't absolutely perfect. Am I right? Everybody wants to play it cool. My relationship, fellowship, I'm on fire. I'm doing all kinds. I'm going to play it like everything is cool. But on the inside, I'm thinking, God, I don't know you like they know you. I don't feel like you're as real to me as they act like it's so natural. It's so real to them. And see, we're so afraid to admit that on the outside. And Jesus is giving us the key this morning. How how does God become real to you? How does he become so vivid, so real? He's more real than a natural person sitting next to you. Well, how can God become that real, you say? Because he lives inside me. The sad part is many Christians have God living in them, but it never goes past that. It's just something that they're carrying around and don't realize the valuable treasure that they have with them all the time. That I can talk with him and he talks with me. That I say, Lord, I love you. And I hear on the inside, I love you too, son. Oh, God, there's nothing better than that. There's nothing better than that. Now, let's, let's again look at this here. So Jesus said that if we would honor his word, that if we would do his word, what did he say? He said, those who really love me and obey my word, I'm going to reveal myself. Me and the Father are going to make ourselves real to that person. Verse 22. Judas, not Iscariot, asked him, Lord, now he asked a general question we could all ask. Lord, how is it that you will reveal yourself or make yourself real to us and not to the world? How are you going to do that? Well, Jesus answers. Now look at his answer. This is his answer to how you get closer to the Lord, how he becomes more real. Verse 23, Jesus answered, If a person really loves me, He will keep my word, obey my teaching, and my Father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home, abode, special dwelling place with him. Now look what he says, verse 24, he kind of backs it up a little. Anyone who does not really love me does not observe and obey my teaching. And the teaching which you hear and heed is not mine, but comes from the Father who sent me. That is the secret to having a close, tight fellowship, a real, genuine fellowship with the Lord, knowing Him, knowing Him. It is a life-changing experience that I cannot express if someone else does not do this. But it all comes down to this, that if I really, really love the Lord, then His Word becomes everything to me. Now you might say, well, why is that? Well, again, you saw a link here between loving Jesus and His Word. Remember this. God and His Word are one and the same. You cannot separate God from His Word. If I want to know God, i got to know His Word. i got to know His Word. If I know His Word, I know Him. I'm beginning to understand how He thinks, how He feels about things, what He would do. Remember, how am I going to love as Jesus loved if I don't know what's in the Word? So if I go to the Word and the Word is revealed to me, now I can love like He loves. Now remember, love is an action, right? 
We've taught you this over and over. Love, everybody say it with me. Love is an action. Love is an action. It's doing something. So if we love God, then we love His Word. In other words, we honor His words by what? Doing what He said in His Word as it's revealed to us. As it's revealed, as we see things, as a minister ministers, and all of a sudden I see something I didn't see before, I don't just say, well, that was good, and dismiss it. What do I do? Am I doing this? Am I walking in it? For example, you know, when it comes to, let's just say tithing. You know, there are a lot of people that talk a good game, but then there's others who what? Obey the word, not just talk about it not just know about it they honor his words remember what did jesus say if you really love me then do what my word says honor my word amen amen aren't you (laughs) listen to me does jesus love us is he merciful is he a good god is he beating you up see if some of you feel like right now some of this hurts pastor just a little It's like these shoes, you know, you keep on stepping on them. It's the Word. And God, listen to me. (laughs) The Lord, listen, whom the Lord chastens, He what? He loves. He loves you. Amen? He corrects those He loves. Aren't you grateful for that? I am so grateful the Lord corrects me. I'm so grateful the Lord points out things to me so that I can adjust and change. Because how many of you know He's not the one that needs to change? (laughs) He's okay. He didn't have the Word printed for Him. (laughs) He added it, what? Spoken and printed so that it could be spoken in our life. So that we could walk in it and have the benefits. Praise God. Say, the Lord loves me. All right, now I'm going to ask you another question. You ready? You're like, Pastor, these questions are hurting some. Yeah, I would think. Did me. (laughs) Listen, I'm going to ask a question. Don't raise your hand. We've asked you about loving the Lord. All right. I want to ask you a question about do you believe you know God? And when I say no, I mean know Him. Not just know about Him, know Him as a person. Big difference between knowing about someone. All right. I can know about a president by reading history and different things and facts. Um, I try not to take it from media because that's not good. All right. But I can read different things later on usually and know about them, but that doesn't mean I knew them. All right. You may know about me some, but that doesn't necessarily mean you know me personally. All right. That takes what? That takes a connection. That takes spending time with me. That takes being around me long enough to know my likes, my dislikes, you know, what, what I focus on, what I don't focus on, right? Then you begin to know me. And when someone accuses and says this about your pastor, you'd say, no, that ain't true. I know him. I know he wouldn't do that. I know he wouldn't make that decision. I know, no, that's not true. Why? You know me. And you'd say, no. Well, we see, we want to come to that point with the Lord. But the question is, how can I know if I know God? Well, guess what? God gave us a test in the Bible. Okay, a literal test. How can I know if I know God? I don't mean all of you know Him because you're born again. Remember, He's your Heavenly Father. But I'm talking about know Him. Okay, know Him. Now, let's look here. 
1 John chapter 2, verses 3 through 6 gives us a test. All right? Verse 3 in the New Living Translation, it says here, And we can be sure. Boy, I like this. We can be sure. How many know sure is sure? Right? You can't get more sure than sure. All right? We can be sure that we know Him if we obey His commandments. We can be sure that we know Him if we obey His Word. Now look what he says. If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commandments or His Word, that person is a liar. Now who's calling him a liar? Me or the Word of God? The Word of God, right? I'm not calling anybody a liar. The Word of God says that person is a liar and is not living in the truth. They're not living in the truth. Verse 5, look at this. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. Are you guys seeing a connection here between his word and our life and our love for the Lord? They are connected. Look at verse 6. Those who say they live in God. In other words, those who are saying they walk with God hand in hand. They, they're living for God. Look what it says, should live their lives as Jesus did. So in other words, what is he saying? That your life proves how much you love and know God. I could look at your life and examine it through the Word of God. But how am I going, (laughs) how is someone going to say, I know God, but their lifestyle lives opposite God? That says, no you don't. Because you're not honoring His Word in your life. If you loved Him, you would honor His Word and do His Word. Boy, it's so quiet in here. But I'm telling you what, it's the truth from the Word of God, right? How many want to grow in the Lord? I want to grow in the Lord. And that means sometimes I have to take some of the tough medicine too. I got to take some, whoa, man, that hurt. Oh, that hurt. See, the whole time I'm putting this together is, as the Lord was leading me, he spoke to me as clear as a bell. When I was done last week, I walked back there. I stood right on the back corner there of the sound booth, and I was giving up my, my stuff here, and the Lord very clearly laid out next week's message. And I said, I know where you're going. And then I tried to kind of move away from it. <laughs> Because I'm a tough one, you know, even for me, you know. And I'm thinking, I, I know, Lord, I know. And, and, and he started leading me the other direction. And then he pointed out something that got real picky. And I'm like, okay, 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 I will do what you tell me to do. How many know the Lord loves us? He loves us, amen. He wants the best for us. So we see here a test that if we love God, if we really love God, then we really do take very serious His Word. It's not just a Sunday thing. It's not just, oh, I heard that, and, well, you know, I'm going to argue, like, for example, we get in the epistles and someone wants to argue, no, I don't think that's relevant for today. And what they're trying to do is figure out ways to not have to apply that. Well, is that really loving, honoring God, or should you be looking for ways to honor God, not looking for ways to get out of things? right? If the, if the Lord doesn't want you to do it, then he would specifically, you know, say to you or to me or, or show us in the word, no, that's not for you, you know. But the reality is most of the time we see something and we go, ouch, eh, let's go right over here real quick, you know. 
I remember tithing for me the first time. Oh, my Lord. I mean, trying to... <laughs> Lisa and I were... I remember this is a big one. Actually, I was tithing, but I was tithing intermittently when I thought I could afford it. <laughs> okay, I mean, I, and I'll be honest with you. I wasn't tithing consistently. And I remember I was being real precise about it. You know, I mean, to the penny. And I remember I was going on a mission trip, my first mission trip. And I was struggling to get all the money I needed for it. And I was always struggling for something. It was always money this, money that. And I didn't have a lot. I was real young. I was only 21 or 20. Um, in fact, Lisa was just uh, pregnant with our first one. And, and I'm, I mean, I am just, you know, Lord, where is my problem? What am I doing wrong? And so I, I feel this prompt inside me. Go to Malachi chapter 3. And he has me go to Malachi chapter 3. And, I, and I'm reading along. I know that, Lord, yada, yada, yada. Next. See, I'm looking for something else. I'm looking for the formula. Lord, can you not just give me an ABC thing, how to fix all these things? I mean, can't you just, is there something maybe I'm doing wrong? And see, he went back to his word. And so he brings me to Malachi chapter 3, and I'll even show you real quick if you want to look with me, Malachi chapter 3. Let's just go there real fast. We won't take long, but I want you to see what he did for me through his word. How does he correct us? He corrects us through his word, by the Holy Spirit's direction. And so Malachi chapter 3, I'm reading, and I'm like over and over and over, I'm reading, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring all the tithes into the store, else there'll be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. And I'm reading and reading and reading. And, and I'm like, Lord, I still don't, what's, what do I need to do? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, after like my fourth time talking to the Lord, what do I need to do? All of a sudden, verse 10 of Malachi 3, the first sentence blows up on my Bible like this big. The letters are like this big. Like the Holy Spirit just zoomed in and the letters came out and it said, bring all the tithes into the storehouse and i'm like oh bring all <laughs> and i saw it i said lord I, I see i see i see i've been doing it when i want to lord i apologize i see this is why it's not working i'm not doing what you said in your word and so i apologized to the lord and I said, I'll fix that. I, I promise, I'll fix that this Sunday. From now on, you get it all. As I read, I read generosity here. I read more than enough. Let, let's read it. Verse 10, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Room enough to receive. What does that mean? More, everybody say more than enough. So the Lord is asking me for 10% of what He gave me, what He allowed for me. He, he said, all I want is the 10%, and if you'll honor me with that, I'll make sure that you have more than enough. He'll make the 90% I get act like 110, you know? And so as I'm doing this, this is what got me. Bring all, all, all. And I saw this, and then I was reading it, I realized I also had an attitude. Remember that to the penny? That right to the dollar, right to the, and, and I was also, I was going off, to be honest with you, and, and this is up to you, all right, but I went off the net. In other words, what I was actually getting. And I realized, I'm being a cheapskate with the Lord. He's blessed me with everything, and I'm being a tightwad. So what I decided to do was I would tithe off everything. 
everything, and I'm going to go over if I need to go over. What I mean is I'm not going to say (laughs) $101.30. I'm just going to say, I'm not going to even say 102. I'm going to say 105, 110. Why? Because he's more than enough and I'm more than enough. I'm like my daddy. Ever since I started doing that, I saw a change. My attitude and my love for the Lord, I'm acting on his word, and guess what started happening? It, was, it didn't happen overnight, but all of a sudden I started noticing a seismic shift in my life. And over a period of weeks, I always had more than enough. Everything was always taken care of. Everything was, it was like what I had was doing far more than what it was doing before. And part of it was because I decided to love the Lord and honor His Word. I didn't do it because I had to. You don't have to. There's no curse anymore. Remember Jesus redeemed us from the curse of the law? Right? You know what we do in the New Testament? Because I get to and I want to. Because He's my daddy and I love Him. And tithing is a principle seen throughout history. Not just in the law. You understand? Why am I talking about this? I don't know. But my point is this. That we want to honor His Word. Honor His Word. That's how I show the Lord I love Him. Everybody say, I love the Lord. And I love His Word. Amen. Don't you love His Word? And so, we remember that God and His words are one and the same. If you know His words, you know about Him. (laughs) If you know His words, you know about Him. But if we truly know Him, know Him intimately, we honor His words. And then we walk Our life is lived by His words. As it's revealed to me, I honor it and I do it in life. And that's how my life changes. In other words, listen to me carefully in this statement. In the life of a believer who truly loves God and knows God, God's Word becomes the ultimate authority in their life. They live and breathe by the Word of God. And again, you got to get fanatical about this. But didn't Jesus say there's some who love me and there's some who really love me. Y'all see that? Now I want you to say this in faith. Ready? Say, I really love Jesus. <laughs> I really do. I don't want to be, I don't want Jesus to see me as kind of, well, I, I love him. I want him to see me passionately loving him like he loved me. He held nothing back from me. And he held nothing back from you. Amen. I don't want to hold anything back. So what I want to do this morning is I want to give you four quick ways that we can develop our love for God's word. That's the title of my message. Developing our love for God's word. All right. Now, I already gave you a message in a message. So this is a bonus. (laughs) How many like bonuses? I like I like money bonuses, (laughs) like prize bonuses. I like any kind of bonus I can get. Bonus is always a good thing. So what we want to do is we want to, if we want to know God, we want to embrace his word. All right. Psalm 119 verse 11 says, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Now I want some, many of you know that verse, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. That word sin, for those of you who don't know, that word sin is a corrector translation that would help you. A corrector, that's a good word. I need help with translate. You know, my own words. A better way of saying it <laughs> is, 
missing the mark. You ought to write that down in your Bible right next to sin. Missing the mark. What that means is, let's say over here, okay, we have a setup, all right, and we have, you want to hit the center, right, the mark. And, uh, you know, we can have a point system like for archery or such. But the point is, your goal is to what? Hit the mark, right? Not be way off over here. So missing the mark, listen everybody, missing the mark is going over there instead of going over here. Now God has a plan for you, all right? He's got direction in your life. He doesn't want you to miss the mark. What do we call not missing the mark? Living right, I'm I'm trying to let you finish it, righteously. Say it. Righteously. What does righteously mean? Right. Not missing the mark. Living right. God has a plan, and if we follow His plan and hit the mark, what did we do? We lived right. We did the right thing. So sin is what? Not doing the right thing. (laughs) So how do I do the right thing, you ask? Aren't you asking? Everybody, let's ask. Pastor! How do I do the right thing? Well, let me tell you. What you do is hide God's Word in your heart. And if you'll hide God's Word in your heart, if you'll begin to store His Word in your heart, it will be there when you need it. If you'll fill your heart when you don't need it, your heart will fill your mouth when you do. It will give you what you need, the direction you need in life. So let's give you those four steps or four ways real quickly, all right, that we can do to develop ourselves to grow in our love for God's Word. So number one, discover God's Word. Discover God's Word. Psalm 119 verse 12 says, Blessed are you, Lord, or blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. We should be like the psalmist saying, teach me, show me. You know, I've mentioned this before, but we don't know how to run our life. Look what we've done. (laughs) I mean, mankind doesn't know how to run their own life. We need God. We need His direction. We need His Word. And so we want to say, Lord, teach me, show me. When you open your Bible, have the attitude, Lord, show me your Word. Open my eyes. Let me see what's in your word so that I can do the right thing. And as we discover God's promises, let's act on them. Let's do them. Uh, Look for things in God's word to help you overcome the challenges you're having in life. If that's a sickness or disease or a relationship problem or a financial problem, whatever it might be, look in his word as if it's a treasure. And what do you find when you find treasure? right? Riches to spend. Well, God's word is worth way beyond gold and other things. It has something that you can apply in your life to change your life. See, gold won't change your life. Rubies, you know, things like that won't change your life other than what? I got money to spend, but they won't fix your problem with your husband or wife. In fact, it might worsen it. It might make, you understand what I'm saying? But God's word has what it needs to help us. So what we want to do is we want to search in his word. Look for things. Be open. Lord, help me discover his word. And the Holy Spirit will help you. He will direct you. He'll put in your heart. Look in this area. Get a good concordance. Dear Lord, all you got to do is go to the web. 
The internet's filled with Bible search programs for free. And they're actually pretty good. I use them quite often. You get out there and you type in a word and it will give you all kinds of information and show you a bunch of scriptures. Type a topic in. You know, you'd be shocked at how many scriptures are in the Bible regarding that topic. That's discovering God's word. Secondly, digest God's word. Digest God's word or consume God's word. Psalm 119 verse 18 says, Open my eyes to see the wonderful truths and your instructions. In other words, God has good things in his word for us, but we must consume it. Webster's Dictionary says that to digest means to think over and absorb. Think over and absorb. Goal is absorb. I want to get God's Word in me, in my life. What we want to do is delve into God's promises by studying the Word, by meditating on the Word. That's one of my favorite things to do. Everybody say meditate. Meditate in modern English is kind of a weird thing, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, won't help you one iota. All right. I suppose maybe it doesn't hurt to sit there and be quiet, you know, <laughs> and think about something nice. All right. Better than thinking about bad things and getting all worked up, but it isn't going to change your life. All right. Just for the moment. But when the Bible says about meditating in his word, it's talking about speaking to yourself the word over and over quietly. So in other words, by the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. By the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. I'm saying it over and over and over. What am I doing? I'm hearing the word. And I'm hearing it in my spirit. I'm hearing it in my ears. I'm feeding myself. I'm chewing on that thing. I'm marinating in it. That's another way to... Many of you have marinated chicken or marinated beef, right? What's the goal of marinating? To get the outside flavors we want on the what? The inside of that meat. So what? It tastes good. It's flavorful, right? It's good. You know what I'm saying? Well, we want to marinate in the Word of God. When you meditate on the Word, it's like marinating. When you're thinking about it, when you're singing it, when you're reading it, when you're hearing it, you're marinating in the Word. And what you want to do is absorb that Word on the inside. I want it to be part of my thought life. The words I speak, how I react in life. I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm getting it in there. Another way to say this, Psalm 34, 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Amen. Listen to me. Jesus is the bread of life. <laughs> the manna they had in the Old Testament gave those Israelites everything they needed nutritionally. And it was sweet to the taste. God's not bitter. Sweet. Amen. That's why he said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. There's just a lot of people that don't know. God is good. But you got to get in there. Get in his word to find out. Number three. And this is a, a strange word for me to be using, but I'm going to use it anyway. Delight. Delight in God's Word. I don't really use that word in normal, <laughs> normal conversation anymore. I'm not going to tell my wife, I was delighted to have dinner with you the other night. I'm, it's just not me. But it works for what we're talking about. Delight. Psalm 119, verse 47. How I delight in your commands. How I love them. How I delight in your word. How I love them. Now, when I think of that word delight, a couple of words that come to mind. Enjoy, captivated. I was, I, I was grabbed by it. It's all about attitude. See, there are many people who delight in God's word. They, they get into the word of God and they say, Lord, what do you have for me today? 
And I'm excited. I know you're going to speak to me and you're going to show me something. Even if I don't see it immediately, by the end of the day or the next day, it's going to pop back up again. And I'm going to know something I didn't know before. I'm going to see something about the Lord I didn't see before. But then there are others. There are some, though, that read the Word of God just like it's a duty. Just like, well, that's what I'm supposed to do. And so they read the Word of God. A lot of people might do this like with the one-year Bible. You know? And they read it. Man, I got past that. Next. You know? And see, that did nothing for you. You know? I'm going to read my two chapters a day. Wow. You know? It it was just the only reason they did it is because if somebody asked them, hey, you've been reading your Bible. Yes, I have. But that's just religious obligation. That's just duty. They're not looking at it as a letter from the Lord. They're not looking at it as... This is life-changing. Guys, even the areas that you think, dear Lord, I'm in numbers right now. It's not a fun book necessarily, you know? Um, Or reading the genealogies, the beginning of Matthew. You know, like, oh my gosh, this one big God, this one big God, this one. But you know what? I have learned God has a purpose for everything that's in there. There's a reason it's in there. You know, one of the things I get out of the genealogies I remember one day I'm reading and I used to think I'd read them and I'd say, Lord, I don't mean to be critical, (laughs) but this is so boring. (laughs) And I was being honest. Now, I was reading every little detail, but I was being honest. Then all of a sudden I heard in my spirit, I knew in my spirit that, wait a minute now. God knows every single person, what they did. And how they impacted someone. And I realized he knows every hair on my head. He knows every little thing about my life. He's marked me. He knows I'm here. That's what the genealogies show us. That God is aware of everything. Everything you've done. And so sometimes we think, well, some of the things I've done, it just feels like, you know, I've just been living my life. What impact have I had? The Lord knows. The Lord knows. He knows when you talked to that one and when you prayed for that one. See, this genealogy is about us. You know? Did you know the book of Acts is a history of the church that is still being written? Think about that. The book of Acts isn't done, guys. The church age is still here. We're still here. You realize that there's a book continuing with us in it. The stories of Ken and his great team. You know? And all the things that are going on in our lives. It could be your name, and I'll be on the team if that helps any. But my point is, is it's still being written. In, in other words, God still, it's still there. I mean, think about it for a minute. God, say this with me. God knows who I am. He knows what I've done. He knows where I live. Amen. That's what it shows us. There's always a purpose for God's word. He keeps track of things. He knows things. Amen? The wicked don't get away with things. You can see that in the Word of God. But it pays to serve the Lord. It pays to honor Him. Amen? All right. We were talking about delighting God's Word. Psalm 119, verse 111. Your laws are my treasure. So your Word is my treasure. They are my heart's delight. What do we see here? It's all about attitude adjusting our attitude and our approach to his word and how we appro- how many know if you approach god's word with a negative attitude what are you going to get out of it nothing you know in fact you might even feel bad <laughs> you know you're worse 
Now you're being condemned, you know. But what happens when you approach it? Lord, I, 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 I'm so grateful that I am, live in a nation that I can openly open this Bible and talk about it. Do you know that there are places in the world, guys, they can't. They can't get together like we are and walk around with these. Seriously. I mean, we are so privileged. And we get to, we have an understanding of God's Word and He can speak to me and I can sit down with the Lord every day and have Him talk to me and show me things. But again, part of it is our attitude and how we approach it and how we see things and what the Word of God can do in our life. Psalm 119, verse 165. Listen to this. Those who love your instructions have great peace and do not stumble. How many like that? Do you want to stumble? Do you like making mistakes and failing and screwing things up? I don't know about you, but I've done enough of that in my life. I'm, I'm pretty much done. You know, but see, what does the Bible say here? Those who love your instructions and do it and act on a great peace, do they have and they don't stumble. Why? Because they're honoring the Lord in their life and God is looking out for them. He's leading them. He can do that through his word, but he can't do it through someone who just has a que-sera-sera attitude about it and doesn't really pursue it. They don't really love the Lord. Well, God can't speak into someone's life like that. Why? Because they're not really listening. God's always talking to us, guys, but we're not always receiving. We're not always connecting with it. Now, let's uh, jump to number four. Real quickly, depend on God's Word. So we have discover God's Word, digest God's Word, delight in God's Word, and depend on God's Word. Psalm 119, verse 89. Forever, O Lord, Your Word is settled in heaven. What we want to do is settle His Word here on earth in our lives. It's settled in heaven. It's a done deal. But we want to settle it in our own lives. See, many Christians don't depend on God's Word as they should. They trust themselves. In other words, the Bible says that my God shall supply all my need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. What does that mean? That He will meet my needs. That as my needs come, they're met. So I don't go to plan B. What's plan B? Well, if that doesn't work out, I'll whip out a credit card. Well, I'm not really trusting God and His Word. I'm trusting myself and what I'm able to do. Or I come up with, well, if God doesn't make that happen or that doesn't work out, I'll, I'll do this, 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 this. We're not really trusting His Word. Trust His Word in your life. Depend on His Word. See, that's where it becomes real. I'm really trusting that God is going to come through in His Word. And He always will. How do I know that? Because Listen to me carefully. Because He never fails. He never fails, guys. I have, I have gone all the way to the brink with this. I'm talking about, I don't know what I'm eating that night and there's no money to buy anything with. The only thing in the fridge is ketchup, mustard, and you know maybe in the you know, house somewhere there's a, 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 what do you pick your teeth with? Toothpicks. My pastor used to say, my wife used to, if there was nothing else to make, she'd make a toothpick float. In other words, water with a toothpick in it. In other words, there was nothing else. But what I would do is I, I, I would be confessing God's word. I spoke to those cabinets, and we're sitting there, and I'm thinking, well, I don't know what else to do, so make the table. You know? Well, that's silly. There's no food here. Make the table. Go in there and bang something. Act like you're cooking. Do something. And so my wife, you know, we've done it. She'd just sit there and do the dishes, and we just act like everything's okay. And all of a sudden, ding dong, 
and somebody comes up and says, hey, I, I don't know why, but the Lord spoke to me about taking you guys grocery shopping. And no one knew. No one knew. <laughs> Some of you are looking at me like, seriously, you really want me to go that far with it? Well, do you trust the Lord? Do you trust Him? It's <laughs> and, I mean, I could tell you many, many stories like that, guys. Right, right on the edge. Right where you think, how in the world would anybody... And, and see, I saw it happen a time and again and again and again. Now, that's where I was at financially, but I saw my faith produce. I saw the Word of God produce because I trusted God. I never told anybody. I never mentioned a word to anybody. No one knew. Just me and my wife. And God would come through every time. Every time. But see... Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You're never going to taste it if you never step out in faith. If you're always, 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 always coming up your own way to fix the problem, then you're never going to see the great things of God. That's why we see in the, New, the Old Testament, we see the great things we can read about. But Moses didn't have plan B when they got to the ocean. I mean, the Red Sea. He had to what? He trusted the Lord. Now, everybody was saying, you brought us here to die. He's like, oh my gosh, will these people ever learn? I mean, because they saw the Lord do miracles time after time. But see, they weren't in the Word like He was. They weren't focused on it like He was. You understand what I'm saying? And He got up there, and what happened? Every single time, God came through. Did God ever fail Him? Let's, let's read this real quickly. 1 Kings 8.56. Look at this. Praise the Lord who has given rest to His people Israel, just as He promised. Now look at this. Not one word has failed of all the wonderful promises he gave through his servant Moses. Let's read it this way. Not one word has failed of all the wonderful promises he gave. Not one word. Not one word. Not one word. God will not fail in his word. Few things in life are trustworthy, guys. Most of you know this. Very few things in life you can actually trust. Possessions can fail. Pleasures can fade popularity falls, and people stumble. But listen, the Bible says in 1 Peter 1.25, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Amen. He will not fail. Say with me, God will not fail. You know, I want to encourage you, develop a love for God's word. Develop it. it. This is how we express our love. Bring that one scripture back up real quickly. John 14.15 in the Amplified, the beginning. Jesus said, listen, I want to close on this. If you really love me, if you really love me, you will keep or obey my commands, my word. Amen? I believe every one of you really love the Lord. You really love Him. I want to encourage you. Take His word seriously. Get in His word. Ask the Lord. In fact, let's do that right now. Can we do that? All right, everybody smile and say, I want to do this. Say it with me. I want to do this. I want you to say this with me. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to help me develop a stronger love for your word. I love your word, but I want to grow in it. I'm asking you to reveal your word to me like never before. I'm asking you to open the eyes of my spirit so that I can see what I've never seen before. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in my time in the Word. I invite you to unveil your Word 
to unveil life to me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How many believe that when you prayed? Amen. You do your part, and He'll do His part, but you've got to do your part. You know what that means? You might got to flick the TV off the radio or whatever racket's going on or get some time off by yourself. And you know, guys, don't start crazy. I'm going to give an hour a day to the Word of God. If you're not good at five minutes a week, let's not stretch it to an hour in a day, all right? How about just commit 10 minutes, 15 minutes a day? 15 minutes is good. Just 15 And if you say 15 minutes is asking a lot, well, how about seven and a half in the morning and seven and a half at night? You know what I'm saying? But don't do it while you're laying in bed. You know, you ain't going to absorb it <laughs> if you're sleeping. You know, don't do it in your easy chair. Men, I know for me, I can't do it in my easy chair. I mean, unless I'm wide awake, you know, I'll just sit there, you know. I mean, what I'm saying is get up, go to the kitchen table or something. You know what I'm saying? Sit up, you know, focus and say, Lord, Unveil your word to me. Speak to me today. I'm excited about it. And then when you begin to read, read with some energy. Read it out loud. You know, that'll make sure you're help to keep your focus on it. You're not thinking about something else like the grocery list while you're you're reading. And then when you find yourself getting lost in thought about something that has nothing to do with it, stop. Don't just say, I'll just start from here. No, no, no. Don't do the Lord like that. Go back the half chapter. Amen? And say, Lord, I apologize for being distracted. I, I, I sincerely apologize. How rude would it be if Jack took me out to eat and he's talking to me and he's all excited and giving me a great testimony and I'm like, well, these cheeseburgers look pretty good. Wouldn't you feel offended? You say, Pastor, I mean, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm so excited. Well, the Lord has something good to, to speak to you. Then don't be rude. And you say, well, he's not really here, is he? Is he there? Well, will he show up when you show up? What did he say? That if you draw near to me, what would he do? I'll draw near to you. So when you make your time to go to him and you get serious about it, guess what's going to happen? All of a sudden, you're going to start noticing him coming around and manifesting himself. And you're noticing this isn't like the old times. Something's different here. Something's saying, and then what you need to do is stay at it. And if you miss a day, don't beat yourself up. Just start over the next day. But don't just say, well, it's Monday. I've already screwed up. I'll let it go till next Monday. Don't do that.